Welcome to First Mover, presented by Underdog Fantasy. We're live. Week 16 is almost in the books. We're going to be talking about week 17. We're going to be talking about some new stacking research. I'm Josh Larkey, the director of analytics at playerprofiler.com in Roto Underworld. And you can find me on Twitter at jlarkytweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y tweets. You can also check out my TikTok. We're, it's, we're growing a little bit. I haven't looked at the numbers exactly. I think we might. We're, I think we're close to 250 followers. So follow me on TikTok. I am trying my best. It's a struggle. At TikToks. Now, I, you want to know about the stacking research, don't you? The quarterback and running back on the same team. Can I, Josh, can I stack them in DFS? I've heard that question before. I've always wondered it. I've... I've always stacked my quarterbacks with the pass catching running backs when it felt right, but I hadn't really done the research. And what we just saw in week 16 was Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns against the Ravens. And Joe Mixon had 64 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, six catches, 70 receiving yards, and another receiving touchdown. And it got me thinking, I need to study this more in depth. Because I made a made a pretty solid amount of money this past weekend. Humble brag. Thanks to the the Burrow Chase Higgins double stacks I was talking about. Guess what? I played them. We had a, a subscriber, William. He played them as well. William made I mean the, the guy took down a tournament and won fifty thousand dollars. Shout out to William. Nice work, my man. It was with a Burrow Chase Higgins double stack. We've been talking about this for a few weeks, that this was just one of the nut stacks because we knew exactly where Burrow's passes were going to go. If the if the Bengals hit a ceiling outcome, we knew Chase and Higgins most likely both hit 20 plus fantasy points, which is what happened. But I thought, oh man, how badass would it have been if I had a Burrow Mixon Chase Higgins stack? I mean, that would have been out of this world. Mixon had so many fantasy points. So let's dig into some quarterback running back research because one thing you might've seen before, this is something I've done it myself. I've seen others confirm it. Quarterback and running back, they're not really positively correlated game by game. And what I mean by that is when a quarterback has a big day, the running back doesn't necessarily have a big day. When the running back has a big day, the quarterback doesn't necessarily have a big day. They're not really moving together. They're barely negatively correlated, which means that actually, if a quarterback has a good day, we should expect the running back to have a bad day. If the running back has a good day, we should expect the quarterback to have a bad day. That's what negative correlation means. They move opposite directions. But how correlated they are game by game, if you if you hear DFS people talking about that and they go, oh, you cannot play a running back stacked with a quarterback in DFS. You idiot. They're, they're negatively correlated game by game. So I never really liked that answer. I thought more about it and I decided that is not the right question to ask for DFS. We should not look at every game. What we should be asking and what I asked and researched was when a quarterback hits their ceiling outcome, does his running back also hit a ceiling outcome? You think I give a shit if the running back has a good day when the quarterback just totally blows or vice versa? No, no, no. What we're looking at is I'm asking, it's a simple question. Can I stack the quarterback and running back? I don't care about the middling outcomes for these players. It's DFS. We're trying to chase ceiling. The only thing I care about, if the quarterback's having a good day, 
tell me there's a decent chance the running back on his team also has a good day. So here's what I did for this study. I looked at regular season games from 2016 to 2020, the past five years. And I wanted the quarterbacks that I studied in that season to have played at least eight games that year. This left us with 170 quarterback seasons and 2,367 games to study. And I did this for both DraftKings and FanDuel scoring. So what I looked at on DraftKings is I got every, so I just got every quarterback's average fantasy points per game on DraftKings for that season. Those 170 quarterback seasons. And then I basically just look at all 2,367 games, loop through them with my code. We'll get to the code in a little bit. And I said, find all the times that the quarterback in this game had five or more fantasy points above their season average. We're looking when the quarterback has a really good game. So let's say that Mahomes averages, I don't know, say he's averaging 23 fantasy points a game. Then I would say, all right, show me only the games that year where he had 28 or more fantasy points a game, five or more above his average. And it turns out that about 25% of games, I believe it was 24.8%, but we'll just call it 25. Simple numbers. Simple, simple numbers. 25%, about one in four games, a quarterback's going to have five or more fantasy points above their average. Then I wanted to know in those games, when are we also getting the running back on that team to have five or more fantasy points above their running back, that running back's DraftKings, the PPR format, five or more fantasy points above their average as well. It turns out, I mean, whoa, 53 and a half percent of the time, the running back also had five or more fantasy points above their average when the quarterback did. So over half the time that the quarterback's hitting a, a decent ceiling outcome, so is the running back, 53 and a half percent of the time. My goodness, I think, I think we're onto something. Now, I went, all right, well, all right, we're still sticking with quarterbacks, five fantasy points above their average because quarterbacks just don't have quite the volatility that the skill position players like running back, receiver, tight end have. So I said, all right, let's stick with quarterback, five points above their average. But now I want to know running backs scoring 10 or more fantasy points above their average. When does this line up? So we had about 25% of the time, the quarterback, five or more points above their average. And then we had a little over half the time, the running back was five or more points above their average as well. If we want the running back to be 10 or more fantasy points above their average, this happens 22.5% of the time. So in between one in four and one in five games that the quarterback has a ceiling outcome, the running back has the ultra ceiling outcome of 10 or more fantasy points above their average. We're allowed, you're allowed to stack the quarterback with their running back if you think they're going to catch some passes, if that's in their profiler, stack them away. Even if it's not in their profile, you might want to consider it too, because oftentimes a quarterback throws for three touchdowns and the running back might run for two touchdowns in these big, massive blowout games, shootout games. So this was very exciting. I'm not even distinguishing between pass catching and non-pass catching running back. That could be a question for another day. I just want to know, in general, can I stack my quarterback and running back? The answer is yes. The data supports this. I then did FanDuel, which is half PPR scoring. DraftKings, remember, three-point bonus for 300 passing yards, three-point bonus for 100 rushing or receiving yards. So FanDuel, half PPR, and no yardage bonuses. In just over 23% of games, the quarterback was five or more fantasy points above their average on FanDuel. So we're looking in between one and four 
or we're looking about one in, yeah, one in four to one in five games, the quarterbacks hitting their ceiling outcome on FanDuel, five or more fantasy points above their average. And then 49.3% of the time, so about half the time, the running back also had five or more fantasy points above their half PPR average too. So it's a touch lower than DraftKings, which kind of makes sense. DraftKings, PPR. So these receiving backs will then be a little more correlated on DraftKings, but still just over 49% of the time, the running back and quarterback both had five or more fantasy points above their season average. If we do the same question on DraftKings for FanDuel now, quarterback five or more fantasy points above their season average, the running back 10 or more fantasy points above their season average. This happened in 19% of games, just over 19%. So about one in five games, the quarterback has their ceiling outcome and the running back has their ultra ceiling outcome. So what does this mean? Stack your quarterback if the running back can catch passes. Even if they don't catch passes, you can probably still stack them sometimes. Most of the field is not. They are not stacking quarterbacks with their with the with their running back so you can do it you're going to be able to get different it's a more unique lineup construction and you can be confident knowing their ceiling outcomes do hit together a decent portion of the time like what happened this past week with burrow and mixon remember 525 pass yards four pass touchdowns for burrow 65 rushing yards one rushing touchdown six catches 70 yards, and another touchdown receiving for Mixon. These guys helped break the slate along with T. Higgins. So technically, the best, like the the true absolute best stack would have been a Burrow-Mixon-Higgins stack. Burrow-Chase-Higgins was great, but technically the Burrow-Mixon-Higgins stack was out of this world. And if you want to be able to do the research that I just did there, it wasn't anything too fancy. I'm just looping through some game logs. I'm just asking the right question and getting the right answer. And you can do the exact same thing. If you want to learn to code in R for analytics, that is the coding language that I personally use. And if you want me personally to teach you R, go to thatrcodingsite.com. The letter R, thatrcodingsite.com. You can learn to code a DFS optimizer. I teach you how to do that in one of the lessons. It's pretty cool. I teach you probability simulations, linear regression, tree modeling, advanced visualizations. And for listening to this show, if you want a little discount code, first mover, all lowercase, first mover, no spaces, throw in that discount code, give yourself a little discount when you check out exclusively for listeners to this podcast. And one more uh, little uh, promo to talk about would be Underdog Fantasy. Still, promo code UNDERWORLD. If you haven't signed up yet for Underdog Fantasy, what are you doing? Promo code Underworld. Throw in up to $100 and we'll give you, or Underdog will give you for using our promo code up to $100 back. So if you put in $50 as a new user, promo code Underworld, they give you another 50. You got 100 in your account. You put in $100, now you have 200 in your account. There's NFL playoff best ball going on. It is so much fun. The real NFL playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs. We're talking real, real football guys the NFL playoffs. They have the Mitten, $5 best ball entry. The Gauntlet, $25 entry. The Big Mitten, $250 entry. Three price points. It just doesn't get better than this. The drafts only have six people in them. It's 10 rounds. You enter into this massive tournament. You want to stack up 
your two, three, four favorite offenses and hope that those are the teams that go the farthest in the playoffs. It's a lot of fun. The drafts take 10 minutes. Promo code UNDERWORLD because our friends at Underdog Fantasy. No, I mean, I know, you know if you're on Underdog, it is the best fantasy platform out there. Also, say that, oh, you're listening and you go, hey, Josh, I'm not going to buy your course. You suck. But no, 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 But really, you go, I'm not going to buy your course. I already know how to code an R. Oh, that's great. Because we're at Player Profiler. We are hiring an analytics intern or two, depending on the candidates we get. So we'll see one to two interns. Very exciting. If you want to work with me and you know how to code in R and you have experience with two or more of these formats, two or more, if you have experience with best ball, DFS, Redraft, Dynasty, if you have experience with them, check out this internship. Go to playerprofiler.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and you'll see a little footer at the bottom, and you'll see the word jobs. Click on jobs, and you'll see our winter slash spring analytics internship. You will be paid for your work. It is incredible experience. We're going to be working together, hands-on projects. There's nothing like it. It is the internship I wish I had done when I was in college or grad school. Let me tell you, it sounds amazing. I'm excited and I'm sure a lot of you are excited. So go apply the jobs footer on playerprofiler.com. Click it and you will find that position. All right, let's dive into week 17. I said it was a fat slate. Remember, it's later in the year. There's real NFL playoff implications. We have 14 games. There's no Thursday night football. 14 games on this massive slate. We're going to cover them all. First, we have the Buccaneers at the Jets. 45 and a half point game total. The Buccaneers are nearly two touchdown favorites on the road. I'm seeing 13 point favorites. You're going to want to stack some Brady. We just saw Antonio Brown get peppered with targets. There's always Gronk. Oh, hello, quarterback running back stacking research. Do you want to know what quarterback running back stack I'm going to be playing some of in week 17? Tom Brady and Ronald Jones against the Jets' league worst defense against the running back. Brashad Perriman, he's off COVID. That's exciting. Perriman could catch a couple long touchdowns. On the Jets' end, I mean, do they unleash Michael Carter in the passing game? You know he's not going to get much running room against the Buccaneers. The stack with the run back kind of falls into your lap. Double stack Brady. Next, we've got the Falcons at the Bills. 44 and a half game total. <laughs> the Bills are favored by 14 and a half. That is just a ridiculous number. This means if the if if you take the Bills at minus 14 and a half and they win by two touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns. They win by two touchdowns against the Falcons. Uh, you lost your money. That is how much people think the Bills are going to trounce them. They're going to score a ton of points. It's it's going to be brutal. I'm going to be stacking a lot of Josh Allen in this one. The the Falcons are just they're they're just feckless. I, I don't know. I'm going to This is another one you could even stack Josh Allen with Singletary. Singletary we'll talk about in a little bit. The dude has become a bell cow. And he's active in the passing game. Stack a little Allen with Singletary. Mix in Diggs, McKenzie, Sanders, Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis are out for week 17 due to COVID. Next, we have this is one of the marquee matchups, Chiefs at the Bengals. I mean, what are we going to have? 700, 800 passing yards in this one? Chiefs at the Bengals, 49 and a half point game total. That is hefty. Kansas City favored by five and a half on the road. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Kelsey's going to be back. I'm going to be double stacking Mahomes. Uh, CEH is out. Daryl Williams. Hello, new bell cow. That's exciting. We 
You all remember how great Daryl Williams was when CEH was out last time. We're going to see it again against the Bengals. And then, I mean, on the, the Bengals side, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Burrow, Chase, Higgins. We could go Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Burrow, Mixon, Higgins. I mean, my goodness, Tyler Boyd almost made me look stupid because I've always said he's not really much of a DFS play. So then, of course, he caught, what did he do? It was like a 68-yard touchdown in that game. The, the game was bananas. However, Boyd was not really the receiver you wanted. You really, you wanted, you wanted Higgins was the best one or you wanted Chase. But still, Boyd did a good job. You can mix him in. I still prefer Chase and Higgins. You got CJ Uzuma, Uzoma. I don't know how to say his last name. CJU, you got him at tight end. There's a lot of stacking options on both sides. Going to be heavily stacking this game. Going to have some double stacks with single runbacks, some double stacks with probably even double runbacks. Next game, less exciting. Eagles at the Washington football team, 46-point game total. Eagles favored by three and a half. At first glance, that looked like kind of a high game total. So like, I might take the under, if anything, on that one. 46 points with Eagles at the Washington football team. Jalen Hurts, probably a decent option, stacked with Smith or Goddard, but... I don't know. It's kind of a gross game. Probably not going to have too much exposure. There's just, there's 14 games on the slate. There's a lot of good ones. We don't need to play too much Jalen Hurts for week 17. Next game, Vegas at the Colts. 45 point game total. Colts favored by a touchdown. These, it just, it's a little hard to stack these quarterbacks. I really like Jonathan Taylor in this one. Probably not going to have too much exposure, if any, to Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. Probably more of just Jonathan Taylor, set it and forget it. Moving on, we've got the Dolphins at the Titans. Pretty low, 41-point game total. Titans favored by three and a half. Now, I mean, wow, the Titans, they're kind of a good football team. I don't know why everyone hates the Titans right now. I mean, we just saw them take out the Niners on primetime this past week. If I was a betting man, I'd probably take the Titans at minus three and a half. That's what I'm seeing right now. I took it myself. However, probably not going to have too much Tua or Tannehill. Pretty low game total. There's just, there's just better on this slate. There's still... Uh, a couple good games that we haven't talked about yet that we'll get to. Uh, another, this one's a clunker. Ugh. Panthers at the Saints. 38 and a half point game total. Saints by seven. Just skip that one. We don't need to talk about that one. Not much there. Giants at the Bears. Oh, another bad one. 38 point game total. Bears favored by six. You can probably skip that one too. If he plays, Fields is interesting. I'll discuss his salary shortly, but uh, probably not a game I want a lot of exposure to. Another clunker, man, this is just, it's like a tale of two cities. We're going to have like four or five, like really, really good games to stack, which is fun. And then the rest of the games, they're they're pretty, uh, pretty, a little throw up in your mouth, if you know what I mean. Next one is uh, Jaguars at the Patriots, 41 and a half game total. The Patriots, I had to double take, Patriots favored by 15 and a half, minus 15 and a half, my, whoa. Yeah, I think the Patriots are going to just run all over them. I mean, we already know if there's one thing that Belichick, totally shuts down on defense. It is the rookie quarterback not named Davis Mills. So I take a lot of pride, take a lot of pride in my neck, take a lot of pride in the Davis Mills comps. Belichick cannot shut me down. Every other rookie quarterback, he shuts down. Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be ugly. Play the Patriots defense in DFS and it's season long. Next is the Broncos at the Chargers. We just saw disappointing losses for both these teams, the Chargers especially. I mean, losing to Houston, ugh. This is kind of a get-right game, potentially for Herbert and the crew. Eckler just came off the COVID list, though Justin Jackson filled in more than serviceably in both real life and in fantasy. Good for Justin Jackson. This one has a 45-point game total. Chargers favored by 5.5 over the Broncos. 
Every week is Justin Herbert week. Not a great matchup. Not going to have too much Herbert. But again, it's just, it's hard to fade that man. He is so good. Mike Williams also will be out again this week. From what I read, he's unvaccinated. So based on protocols, he missed this past week. He will miss week 17 as well. Hello, Josh Palmer, once again. Then we have, this one's kind of potentially exciting. The Texans at the Niners, 45 point game total. The Niners favored by 13 and a half. And I have to say, so before we even, yes, I think Jimmy G will probably miss this game. Uh, broken bone or chip bone in his thumb. Something's wrong. Probably not going to play Jimmy G. They probably want him healthy for the playoffs. They're going to rest him up, I would assume, especially against Houston. Trey Lance, oh, little free square quarterback action. That is fun. But if you're betting, you probably want to take the Texans. I mean, the Niners favored by 13 and a half. The Texans just beat the Chargers. And they might have a rookie quarterback and Trey Lance starting. This just doesn't feel like a beat Houston by two touchdowns kind of game. Next, another, maybe the most marquee matchup on the slate for, uh, so basically we, I feel like we had the, the Chiefs Bengals was like that marquee AFC matchup. If you're an NFC fan, congratulations. Here's your matchup. The Cowboys or the, the Cardinals at the Cowboys, 51 point game total, highest game total on the slate. Cowboys favored by five. I think by the end of the week, Chiefs Bengals will crest 50 points as well with the game total. So take that over. This one, we're at 51. Cardinals at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by five. I'll be stacking both quarterbacks. Remember, we, like, was Dak Prescott dead? Nope. Turns out he is, uh, he's alive and well. We just saw it on primetime on Sunday Night Football. I actually didn't watch that game. I was doing a little date night action. And I just, at halftime, I was like, oh, let me just check my phone. Let's see what the score is. And I almost spit out my pizza. When I saw it at halftime, it was Cowboys 42 Washington seven. Apparently Kyle Allen is now going to be the starter for this next game for Washington. Man, that's a franchise moving in the wrong direction. But anyway, back to Cardinals, Dallas. Yes, I'm going to stack Kyler. I'm going to stack Dak. And if Connor misses again, oh, hello, Kyler Chase Edmonds stacks again. Uh, next game, oh, we've got the Rams at the Ravens. 46 and a half point game total. Rams favored by three and a half on the road. We just talked about how Burrow threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns against the Ravens. It's a fourth string secondary. They are being held together with like a, a glue stick at this point. Like so, some teams, it seems like they're held together with gorilla glue with some of this COVID and injury stuff. And then we've got the Ravens on the opposite end. It is truly like a, like a, a preschool glue stick job with this secondary, which means it's falling apart and it's hard to look at. You have to say nice things about it. Like that preschooler where they're like, what do you think about my, my glue artwork? And you say it's good. Deep down, you know, it's absolutely terrible. That's how I feel about the Ravens secondary. It's absolutely terrible. Matthew Stafford is in the smash spot of smash spots. Darrell Henderson on IR. Cam Akers, so excited. Probably the backup. We're going to get to see four and a half or five month post Achilles tear Cam Akers in a backup capacity, most likely. Very exciting. However, Ravens run defense is pretty filthy. Joe Mixon yard per, yards per carry average not very good this past week. Most running backs have struggled on the ground versus the Ravens. It just sets up perfectly just to chuck the rock against them. It's why we saw the Bengals at one point. I think they had 14 or 15 pass attempts in a row against the Ravens. That, that's how you attack them. Stafford, Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson. We are going to see some ceiling outcomes out of the Rams. It's a great get-right game. And then the last game. The Lions at the Seahawks, 
42 and a half point game total Seahawks favored by six and a half might have a little bit of rust. It's just, it's been hard. The pace is just really not picking up. It is such a smash spot as well for Rashad Penny against the Lions. Are they going to be motivated at all to pass or push the pace? Easy win for them. I think, I don't know. The Seahawks have just been so bad this year. It's kind of like everything that we thought we knew they've ruined. They've just ruined my priors. I thought Russell Wilson was good. I thought they wanted to heavily target Lockett and Metcalf. And then sometimes you see a game like this Bears game this past week. A lot of these games, it's just, it's painful to watch. I actually had to shut the game off. It was, ugh. All right. Those are the 14 games. Like I said, it's a big slate. Let's dive into the individual players. So at quarterback, I mean, so many attractive options at quarterback, big slate, some decently high game totals. I like Josh Allen. He's at the top. He's 8,000 against the Falcons. Great play. We've got Mahomes near the top as well on DraftKings. 7,800 at the Bengals. Brady is 7,600 at the Jets. Probably going to have some Brady double stacks. I know the Jets aren't going to keep it competitive, but we've seen some of these games. It was, what was it? Uh, I want to say Brady played the Lions last year and hung 35 on them in the first half or something crazy and got there in DFS and then they yanked him. But it didn't matter because he already had like 32 fantasy points. I think that type of outcome is in play where Brady just goes nuclear and then they sit him in the fourth quarter and you're happy in DFS because he got there. Kyler Murray, 7,300 at Dallas. I get it. Kyler Murray is not playing well right now. It's so annoying, isn't it? Give me fantasy points, Kyler. Give me those fantasy points. He didn't play well against the Colts. (laughs) Kyler Murray, he only had 5.7 yards per attempt. It was disgusting. He only had one passing touchdown. He didn't even have a rushing touchdown. He fumbled the ball twice. Kyler, damn it. Oh, and then you look and you go, wow. Kyler Murray still had 21.9 fantasy points in that game. This is what he does. These mobile quarterbacks are such cheat codes. Again, Kyler, under six yards per attempt, one passing touchdown, no rushing touchdowns, two fumbles, still 21.9 fantasy points. This is why you play a guy like Kyler Murray in DFS. Because if that's a floor game where people are pissed, 22 fantasy points. The 30 fantasy point games can happen. They're probably going to come at some point. Who knows when? Could be against Dallas. Then Matthew Stafford, 7,100 at Baltimore. This is the get-right game for Stafford. Probably not going to have the 525-pass-yard, four-pass touchdown game that Burrow had, but probably going to have a ceiling outcome from Stafford. That research I did earlier about the the five-plus fantasy points, where about one in four games a quarterback has five or more fantasy points above their average. Yeah, pretty strong feeling this is going to be part of the 25% for Stafford. Pretty strong feeling. Then we have Joe Burrow, 6,900 against Kansas City. Solid price on him there. You know who to stack him with. Every week, it's Justin Herbert week. Tough matchup against the Broncos. He's 6,800, but still playable. Remember, no Mike Williams. So pretty simple rotation of players. Mostly probably, what is it? It's just Eckler, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Jared Cook. I don't know. There's not that many guys there. We kind of know where the ball is going. Herbert, great DFS quarterback. Dak Prescott, he's down. He's only 6,700 against the Cardinals. Remember, these pri- the, the way DraftKings and FanDuel, they priced them before Monday night or before Sunday night football. So they didn't know that Dak just torched the football team. They think Dak is still slumping. No, he's out of the slump. 6,700 against the Cardinals is disrespectful. Jalen Hurts, 6,600 at the football team. That's a good price. Probably not going to play too much Jalen Hurts, but I mean, he's not a bad play. That's He's got a lot of upside. Football team is just terrible everywhere. 
And then we've got a few cheaper quarterbacks to discuss. I think Tua Tagovailoa is playable. 5,800 at the Titans. Titans, incredible run defense, bad pass defense. So that would favor the quarterback against them. And it's kind of a condensed target tree in Miami. But again, it's a low game total. You probably don't have to go there, but you're allowed. Fields, Justin Fields, 5,500 versus the Giants. If he plays, 5,500, great price. He's pretty much a lock for top 10 quarterback finishes at this point because of his rushing. So yeah, Fields is really on a roll for fantasy. So if he plays, you're going to want some Justin Fields at 5,500, but you're probably going to want even more. Assuming Jimmy G misses of Trey Lance versus Houston, Trey Lance is 4,800. That is a free square among free squares. DraftKings says, you're welcome. On FanDuel, Josh Allen's at the top. He's 8,800 against the Falcons. And then my favorite quarterback on that platform, oh goodness, Matthew Stafford, 7,600 at Baltimore, the 10th priced QB on FanDuel. Matthew Stafford at QB 10. I mean, the, the guy is going to throw for, I think I would say three or more passing touchdowns in this one. It, he could hit four touchdowns, five touchdowns. I don't know, like, the Rams are going to score so many points against this Falcon secondary or against this Raven secondary. All right, let's move on to running back at the top on DraftKings. Jonathan Taylor, 9,000 versus Vegas. Vegas, really bad run defense. I mean, I don't have to tell you twice. Play some Jonathan Taylor. We could see another massive game out of him. 30, 40 fantasy points, 50 fantasy points. Who knows? Play some JT. Eckler, 8,200 versus Denver. He's back from COVID. We have Mixon, 7,500 versus the Chiefs. Chiefs defense struggled a little bit against running backs. Mixing, good play there. Another one that I like is dropping down in price. We got David Montgomery, 6,500 versus the Giants. I really like him if Fields doesn't play because Fields is mobile. He doesn't target Montgomery as much. We saw with Foles, nine targets, seven for 61 receiving in week 16. And that is how Montgomery, even though he averaged, I think, two yards per carry, that's how he had over 23 fantasy points in week 16. Nine targets, seven catches. Then uh, just total smash spot. Hit the lock button on this guy. Other cliches. Drop them in there. Chalk of the week. Bah, bah, bah. Ronald Jones, 6,300 at the Jets. Some people might be angry. Oh, Keyshawn Vaughn had that 50-yard touchdown in that game. Good. I don't want anyone else to play Ronald Jones but me, but I think he's going to be chalk. He still had 20 carries in that game, three targets. The workload is immense, and it's the, the Jets. Rashad Penny. 6,100 versus Detroit. Two of his past three games, he's had 135 or more rushing yards. The game that he didn't, he left early with injury. Rashad Penny is playing out of his mind right now and he gets the Lions. I don't know if it's a long shot if he plays, if it's a short shot, who knows, but we'll, we'll have to monitor practice reports. But Elijah Mitchell is only, he's priced up on FanDuel pretty heavily. But on DraftKings, Elijah Mitchell's only 6,000 versus Houston. Terrible run defense. Play some Elijah Mitchell if he's active. DeAndre Swift, he practiced limited all last week. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I do think he's going to play in week 17 if he was limited all of last week. He faces the Seahawks, bad run defense, just not a great defense in general. He's only 6,000. Jared Goff probably returns from the COVID list. Swift is going to have himself a day if he plays. Dropping down Antonio Gibson, 5,900 versus the Eagles. People are annoyed with Gibson at this point. We'll see what happens with his turf toe, but if he's active, McKissick, he's on IR. Gibson, 5,900 versus the Eagles. Daryl Williams, love him in this spot. At the Bengals, 5,800. No Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Play some Daryl Williams. Sony Michelle, 5,800 at Baltimore. No Terrell Henderson. Akers backing him up. Probably won't get too much work in this one, I wouldn't expect. So Sony Michelle, 5,800 at Baltimore. It's not a great matchup, 
for him. However, I mean, we saw Mixon get it done in the air and had the rushing touchdown on the ground. So like, Michelle could get there. He's only 5,800. And then if James Conner can't go, hello, Chase Edmonds, 5,700 at Dallas. We've got Devin Singletary, 5,400 versus Atlanta. Devin Singletary has become a bell cow. 22 carries and a target in week 15 when Matt Breida played one snap and Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Week 16, Devin Singletary, 12 carries and six targets. Only 5,400 versus Atlanta. I mean, the, the guy had a touchdown this past week. He's getting some red zone, some goal line work. He's getting all the touches. Seems like they really trust him. Atlanta's terrible. Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, that's a sneaky little stack for you. Michael Carter, 5,100 versus the Buccaneers. Game script could help him get a ton of targets because we know the Buccaneers are ferocious against running backs on the ground. FanDuel, Jonathan Taylor is 10,000 versus the Raiders. He's at the top, pretty good play there. But some guys that I potentially like a little better, a little cheaper would be Ronald Jones, 7,000 at the Jets, Daryl Williams, 6,200 at the Bengals, and then Devin Singletary, 6,000 versus Atlanta. Moving on to receiver, there's so many good receivers. There's 14 games on the slate. We're not going to go through all of them. I'm basically just going to talk about a few one-off guys where maybe I don't like their quarterback, but I like their salary, things like that. So at the top, we have Cooper Cup, 9,500 at Baltimore in the smash spot of smash spots. Uh, I really like A.J. Brown. He's only 7,200 versus Miami. He just had 16 targets, 11 catches, 145 receiving yards, and a touchdown. I took down two showdown tournaments this past Thursday, thanks to A.J. Brown in the captain slot. And there might not even be Julio. Not that Julio's done much this year, but Julio joined the COVID list today. I'm recording Monday, right before Monday Night Football. Jalen Waddle, 6,700 at Tennessee. So little Brown-Waddle skinny correlation, kind of nice. Antonio Brown, they still didn't price him up enough. What is he, 6,100 is what I saw? 6,100, that's it for Antonio Brown against the Jets. Remember when Matt on the Mind of Mansion podcast, the one with John Daigle, when Matt said, you know, Antonio Brown is probably going to have 15 targets. They recorded that a few days before week 16. And he goes, Antonio Brown's going to have 15 targets. Well, you know what? He saw the future. Antonio Brown had 15 targets in week 16. 10 catches, 101 yards. Man, Antonio Brown's in a great spot. All right, we got Devontae Parker. I like his salary too. They just refuse to price him up. I don't really, like I said, like two is not the worst play because you can go Waddle Parker or Waddle Gesicki, Parker Gesicki. Devontae Parker, 5,200 at the Titans. Pretty good price. Emmanuel Sanders, 4,200 versus Atlanta. And Isaiah McKenzie, 4,300 versus Atlanta. Both good options. McKenzie just had himself a day this past week. 12 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. That was, I think, Matt's favorite punt play of the week. He talked about him a little bit. I think Cody was on Isaiah McKenzie too. Good day for for Isaiah McKenzie. And then Josh Palmer, Mike Williams out with COVID. Palmer's 3,600 versus Denver. He just had six targets, five catches, 43 yards and a touchdown against Houston. So, I mean, if he does that again and gets you 15 fantasy points, you're kind of happy at 3,600. FanDuel, Cooper Cup at the top, 10,200 at Baltimore. AJ Brown, great price there as well. Only 7,500 versus Miami. T Higgins, they just don't price the guy up. Still only 7,000 versus Kansas City. He just broke the slate. He could break it again. And then Emmanuel Sanders and Isaiah McKenzie, 5,500 and 5,200 respectively. Josh Palmer's 5,200. And Brashad Perriman came off the COVID list. He might be the wide receiver too for Tom Brady this next week. He's only 4,700 on FanTool against the Jets. At tight end, Mark Andrews. 
He's at the top on DraftKings, 7,400 versus the Rams. I couldn't believe this, that I had to tweet it at Jay tweets. I had to tweet that the past three games with three different quarterbacks in all three games, Mark Andrews has had eight or more catches, 115 or more receiving yards, and at least one touchdown in all of them. He is a league winner. I know everyone hates to say that now, so I don't want to say it either, but league winner, Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey, 7,300 at the Bengals. That's a disrespectful price. Kittle, 7,100 versus Houston. Darren Waller, there's actually optimism. He returns to practice. If he plays, 6,300 at Indy. Pretty good price. He is going to eat against some zone defense if he is healthy and active. We have Gronk, 6,200 at the Jets. So those are kind of like your big five, assuming they're all active, no one has COVID. Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Gronk. I think you just kind of rifle through those guys mainly. We have Goddard kind of in the middle, 5,100 at Washington, which I like. Gerald Everett, 4,100 versus Detroit is kind of good in the next tier down, along with Foster Moreau at 3,800. So if Waller doesn't play, Foster Moreau, 3,800, good price. And then if we dropped all the way to the bottom, Mo Alley-Cox, 2,800 against the Raiders. Jack Doyle left the last game after two snaps. I do not believe he will be playing in week 17. So Mo Alley-Cox, the starting tight end on a pretty good offense, 2,800. Brevin Jordan, 2,800 as well at San Francisco. He had four catches on seven targets, 26 yards and a touchdown in week 14. Week 15, he was active but didn't play because he had a hand injury. Week 16, the hand was healthy. He plays again, four catches, 56 yards. Brevin Jordan, he's athletic, he's young. Looks like he has some chemistry with Davis Mills. Great punt play tight end at 2,800. On FanDuel, they really priced him up. Andrews is 8,700 versus the Rams. I think he's playable, but man, that is, that is a tough price to swallow. Now that we're getting up to 8,700 territory, Rams, pretty decent defense, but hey, I mean, Andrews is on just a ridiculous run right now. Kelsey, Kittle, Gronk, Waller, again, some top targets, just like DraftKings on FanDuel as well. On FanDuel, I also like Gerald Everett, 5,200. CJ Uzama, 5,100. Uzama, six or more targets and three of the last four games. And then punt play, Mo Cox. 4,600 versus Vegas. If he catches a touchdown, he is more than paying off at 4,600. Now for defense special teams, the as always, the sexiest part of this show. The Buccaneers are at the top on DraftKings, 4,300 at the Jets. Yeah, play some Bucs defense. The Patriots, 3,900 versus Jacksonville. Eagles, 3,700 against Washington. It's probably Kyle Allen. The Bills, 3,500 versus Atlanta. I also, so many good matchups. I like the Saints. 3,400 versus the Panthers. The Colts only 2,900 versus Vegas, if we drop down in price a little bit. And then the Giants, 2,800 against Chicago. And I think with COVID and injuries, it's more and more viable to pay up for the the defense in DFS. I talked about this over the weekend with my friend Vlad Sedler at RotoGut on Twitter. He's a sharp dude. We basically agreed if you ever want to, if you're ever going to pay up for defense in DFS, it's right now with so many injuries, so much going on with COVID. COVID is ruining a lot of their practice schedules. You can't even have that many in the same room together. They're always masked up. A lot of the players are frustrated. I don't think a lot of them are at their best right now. And you can kind of target some of this uh, lack of, kind of like this lack of cohesion potentially with playing the defenses the high-priced defenses against these bad offenses, especially when they're decimated with COVID and injuries. I think that's a nice little edge right now. People just don't like paying up for defense. And the defenses are scoring a lot of fantasy points. 
Then on FanDuel, I like the Patriots. They're also at the top on that platform. 5K against Jacksonville. They are going to, oh, it's going to be painful to watch Trevor Lawrence against the Patriots. I really like the Eagles price there. 4,300 at Washington. And then the Colts, 3,900 versus the Raiders. Now I'm going to get you out of here. A little hot take, and then we can watch some Monday night football. So the Bengals, they just showed the NFL the blueprint to beat the Ravens in their fourth string secondary. Matthew Stafford, it's a get right game. 400 passing yards. Cooper Cup chasing Calvin Johnson's record. They try and have him break it. 200 receiving yards for Cup. This is the get right game for the Rams. Stafford and Cup go nuclear. Make sure to stack them in DFS. 